Exceeding Expectations, Episode 71. Do you find you often work excessive hours and there never seems to be enough time in a day and you spend so much time at work, you don't really get to see your, your kids, your partner as much as you'd like and it affects your health where you're getting less sleep and more stress and not being able to relax and maybe your behavior is a bit too sedentary and not exercising, not moving as much as you should, which then compounds and affects your work performance and your cognitive performance. It's a subject I know very well because it's something similar that I talk about in my workshops and talks. But our guest today, Perdeep Sanger, takes it to a different level. He's working with people who are working, who are earning between six and eight figures. And we hear a lot about how he's able, able to help people in that vicious circle. So that's today's episode with Perdeep Sanger. It would be great if you could leave a review for us on iTunes and maybe subscribe at the same time. And why not share the episode with someone you know that could get some really good benefit from some of the great tips that are left in this episode. Hope you Here enjoy this show. Another edition of Exceeding Expectations. My guest today, Perdeep Sanger. How are you doing, Perdeep? Hi, Tony. I'm doing great. And you're, you're in Toronto or near Toronto? Yeah, just outside of Toronto. So right now it is snowing. It's quite, quite a bit. <laughs> I guess that's pretty normal for you guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're used to the snow. Or as some people like to uh, think, uh, we're used to the igloos, right? The, the ice-made homes. <laughs> I mean, I, I suppose it would be pretty strange if it wasn't snowing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, those years that we don't have snow, we're, we're wondering, we're like, what's going on? You know, what, there, there must be something. It must be global warming or something. So it's really interesting when that happens. So what, what is it you, business-wise, what is it you do, Purdy? Well, I work with entrepreneurs, um, specifically uh, male entrepreneurs in terms of helping them grow their business. And mm-hmm. so it's something that I found uh, you can say a niche in, in terms mm-hmm. of uh, helping men specifically. I also help women, but my focus is really men because there's not that many resources out there specifically for men. There's a lot mm-hmm. of uh, women only or female entrepreneurial groups. There's very little specifically for men. And so in what way is it that you help men? So uh, specifically helping them grow their business. So there's two aspects, mm-hmm. helping them grow their business. So essentially, you know, grow their profits and, and set their business up in a way that gives them the freedom that they want. So helping mm-hmm. them with their marketing specifically, with their operations, with their sales. And on the other side, really helping them to become the business leader that they have always dreamed of being. Because as a, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, the business is only as good as the leader. And so the leader is the person that is the biggest asset or also the biggest roadblock. So I help them really transform themselves into what I call a profit multiplying powerhouse. So they have that those leadership skills, the mindset you can you can you can say, or the emotional intelligence to really make more effective decisions and take more effective action. So their business actually grows at the pace that they want to grow. And then also on top of that, there's a, a very personal aspect because the, the work that I do really combines a number of different areas, for example, in neuroscience, in terms of helping guys really live a, help, a healthier and happier lifestyle as well, because there's a lot of people out there that have successful businesses, but they don't have that personal fulfillment in life. And that is probably the biggest thing that really drives me and gets me going because my father was an entrepreneur and I saw him struggle with that. He was successful. He, you could say he made the money. He didn't have any challenges from that standpoint, but he never was really fulfilled in life. And last mm-hmm. year, you know, his, his goal was to hit 65 
and really take his, you can say foot off the pedal and relax a little bit and, and tell himself that he did it. He raised a happy family. He has a successful business. Financially, he's doing well. You know, he did it. That was his milestone that he wanted to achieve. Unfortunately, he passed away at 64 and a half from a, uh, a sudden heart attack, something that we didn't expect and really threw the entire family, um, you can say, for, for a loop. And that's really what drives me because I see a lot of people these days, entrepreneurs and business owners that struggle and they're always thinking of that milestone in terms of trying to achieve it. And a lot of times many people don't. And so that's my goal is really help them achieve not only that business goal, but that life goal that they have as well. There's, there's many different avenues that we could explore from what you just said. So starting off with one that came to my mind is I'm, I'm guessing you probably have the same issue there certainly they do in the states and we have over here is this ridiculous macho attitude about lack of sleep or how much sleep people think they need oh absolutely because we're in a society these days especially with social media that it's easy to influence someone and show them that this is the right way so there's a lot of Mm. people out there that are saying you have to hustle and you have to grind and i'm an entrepreneur Mm. and i understand this Yes, you do have to work hard. Yes, there's times when you have to hustle and you have to grind, but do it in a way that I call our sprints. So they're called business sprints. So you work your butt off from Monday to Friday, for example, and then you take the weekend off. Or if you can't take the weekend off, then you work hard for two weeks and then you take a few days off. Or you work hard for a month and then you take a week off. So you have to do it in sprints because you cannot continue to do that because what eventually ends up happening is you end up burning out. And that's what happens with a lot of entrepreneurs is they would rather burn out than actually say, hey, look, things aren't going the way I I want them to go and actually go out there and actually look for help. Mm. So when people come to you, I I imagine they initially come because, you know, the attraction of you helping them increase their profits and earn more and so on. But when you start talking to them about health, how do they react? Oh, yeah, it's really interesting because most, most, especially men, will come to me and say, I want to grow my profits and, and scale my business. My first question to them is really, okay, that's great. Um, how do you want to feel once you get to that point? Mm-hmm. And uh, they really have a cross, you, you could say a cross look on their face, and they wonder what that has to do with business. Well, it has everything to do with business because if you're going to spend six months or a year trying to get to that goal, and I'm going to be there alongside with you, then it, it might as, it must fulfill you in life in some way, shape, or form. Because mm-hmm. I see a lot of people hitting those targets and not getting those emotion, that emotion that they want. And everything that we do as human beings is based on emotions. And mm-hmm. so a lot of people are growing their business, they're hitting milestones, and they're hitting their targets, but then they're not feeling that fulfillment. They're not feeling that emotion that they want. So helping mm-hmm. them really feel that emotion is important because a lot of times we can get so achievement-driven that we forget about the true meaning of life. Mm. which is really to live a joyful life, a fulfilling life. Absolutely. And I, I, find, I find it quite strange that it's, I mean, it's, you know, your approach is, is so logical to me. And yet I know so many people who, who are able to, or maybe they focus just on helping people learn more, or there's other people who help people have a better health. But to me, it's, it's all so entwined. It's so, it, it, you can't disconnect them. No, and I think that's where, uh, you know, knock on wood, I've been blessed in terms of, uh, of having experience in both areas because mm. there's a lot of consultants and coaches out there that work with entrepreneurs and they're, help, they're able to help them from a business standpoint, for example. But here's what mm. ends up happening. 
the, the person, let's just say it's a business owner, doesn't end up executing as well. And there's frustration or they're not, they're not accountable or they're just not making effective decisions. And most business consultants can understand why. And that's where I have the understanding when it comes to, you can say, the neuroscience and the psychology behind it. Because I've studied the, the psyche of human beings, especially men, for the last two decades. And I can, you know, I can tell from people's conversations within, within a very short time period, really help them uncover, you can say, their beliefs, the stories that they're telling themselves, the values that they have, and really helping them shift that to make better decisions in business. And that's something that I realized because when I came out of the corporate world, my goal was to really help entrepreneurs grow their business and scale massively. And then I kept getting pushed because every about 80% of the work that I was doing was, you could say, on the transformational side, the personal side, mm-hmm. and because they just had internal roadblocks that I ha- had to help them get over. And mm-hmm. and you could say all signs were pointing down this direction to say, pretty keep pursuing this, keep pursuing this. But I was, I was kind of stuck in saying, no, I'm a business strategist. I've been to so many different business schools. I'm an expert. I was in the corporate world working for a billion-dollar organization. I want to help people in their business. But it kept coming back to help them transform themselves, which was really interesting. So I finally, you could say, submitted to it. And that's really where when my business took off because I realized that most people are, aren't able to grow their business because they aren't able to grow themselves internally. And so mm-hmm. by helping them do that, it's a lot easier to give them the business strategies and tactics so they actually execute better and make better decisions. And I imagine it, it's more fulfilling for you as well. Oh, absolutely. You know, when someone says, hey, look, I made uh, X sales or I landed that client, that's great. But what I what really drives me is when they go home and they say, you know what, I feel that much better in my relationship with my significant other. Or I'm spending more mm-hmm. time with my kids, for example. Or I'm just happier in general. I feel more confident mm-hmm. about myself. I have more clarity about life. I'm passionate mm-hmm. about life. I'm a big believer in passion. If, uh, you know, we're over, obviously over the podcast, but if you met me in person, I'm all about passion. And you'll see it. That's because I believe we, sh- we, everybody should be living a passionate life because that passion is, is the emotion that drives us. It's what creates a quality life. And so that's mm. what we all need to be living is a life that brings passion to us in some way, shape or form. Is there any typical common resistance that you, you face from people when you try to help them in these different areas? Yeah, you know, the, it's interesting. The biggest challenge that I face is getting people to admit that they need help in the first place. That is the by far the biggest challenge, especially for men. Women are a little bit more open to it, but for men to put their hand up and say, I need help and I need to work on myself, that is the biggest challenge. Because we've been taught as men to say, you know, we're tough. We got to grind through things and we got to figure things out on our own. And that's the biggest challenge that men face. And men are suffering as a result of that. And there's a trickle effect because it, it's not only happening in their business, but it trickles over into their relationship and then mm. them being a father as well. So uh, getting them to understand that, you know what, it's okay to ask for help, to put their ego aside a little bit and to really un- get them to understand that just by shifting a little bit of their own thinking or their emotional, you can say, perspectives, they can get a lot of results. Once I start working with someone, it's a lot easier. The, uh, the other, there is one particular thing that people have a challenge with. And that is, uh, you know, it's commonly known as 
as limiting beliefs, for example, everybody has them. And so getting people to uncover those limiting beliefs is, it's not necessarily a challenge because uh, I have a system behind it, but it's probably the most challenging thing for the individual because Mm -hmm. they have these underlying beliefs that are dictating their life and they're making decisions based on these beliefs and they know that they're making decisions that they shouldn't be, for example, or they should be executing better. And they know they they have these underlying beliefs, but they just don't know how to uncover them. And so that becomes Mm. frustrating for them. Mm. And so do you have a way of helping them let go of those beliefs? Yes, absolutely. So we work on three different aspects, you can say. Because as a human, as a human being, for example, and I'm, I'm very spiritual as well, we experience life in three different ways. We think, we feel. So thinking, obviously, we have thoughts. We feel, so we have emotions. And we also sense. And sensing our five senses, for example, and we also have a sixth sense. You know, we just have this gut feeling. It's all energy. And so what mm-hmm. ends up happening for most people is that they're misaligned in one or more of those areas. So they have this goal in their head, they're trying to think positively, but their emotions are not aligned. Or they're mentally there, emotionally there, but they just don't have enough energy to move forward, for example. They just don't have enough energy to move through those roadblocks. Because that's the biggest challenge that a lot of people face. If it was an easy road to get through or, or, get, or go down, well, then everybody would be successful. The, the, the realization is that there's always roadblocks. So you need to have all three components aligned to be able to get through those roadblocks because it's mm-hmm. those roadblocks that stop us from really achieving the life that we want to have. And, and is one of the problems that they're facing that they're trying to avoid the, the roadblocks rather than facing them and get through them? Yeah, a- absolutely. So even yesterday I had an all-day workshop and it was really interesting. There was a, a lovely a young lady there that was talking about uh, her challenges and lacking confidence, for example, and she started to cry a little bit. And I reached out to her today and it was interesting to hear her comments because she said, you know what, I tried to put these, she even called it her limiting beliefs aside and not mm-hmm. let them come up. But she's like, I, I allowed them to come through yesterday. And that's a challenge that most people face because they try to put it underneath the rug, you could say. Try to hide these limiting beliefs or, or feel that they can overpower them. Well, you can to a certain degree, but those limiting beliefs will always pop up based on a certain trigger. And so if you don't deal with those limiting beliefs, if you don't deal with those internal stories that you're subconsciously telling yourself, because here's, here's what most people don't understand. So from a neuroscience perspective, we have about 60 to 80,000 thoughts per day. That's what you have out there for those of you out there listening. 60 to 80,000 thoughts per day. 47% of the time, roughly, on average, those thoughts you have no control over, they're just basically in left or right field, right? You think of something and all of a sudden you're, you're thinking about something completely different. You're like, how did I get to that? That's how the human mind works. But here's the biggest thing is that 99% of your, you can say that your thought processing is done unconsciously. And what you're presented with, what actually you can consciously think of is 1%. So think of it from that standpoint. What are all these unconscious thoughts that you're having that you have no clue that you're having based on the beliefs that you have, based on how you've built your beliefs, how you've been raised, for example? These are all things that impact your unconscious thinking and your unconscious thinking influences your conscious thinking and your decision-making ability and how you take action. 
So I imagine that once you've helped people to to face those obstacles or to let go of those beliefs, there's been some some incredible results. Yes, absolutely. Because the biggest thing that I focus on it really is helping that person. You do a number of things, four things. They think, they feel, they act, and they are being that person that they want to be. That is the most important thing. So regardless of whether they grow their business or not, which, you know, you know, that's a whole purpose that they come to. So we execute on that and get them success on that. But the bigger thing is getting them to the point where they feel better about life. They feel better about themselves. That is the biggest thing. And once they do that, it, their business just grows. Their business just grows. People in their, if, if, if you have employees, for example, they'll see you in a different light for, and they'll see the passion in your eyes. They'll see that vision that you have. They'll get on board. And so it just becomes a ripple effect. And do they find it quite surprising that the success comes not from trying to grow the business first, but working on them first, and then the success comes? Well, the interesting thing is it's not as surprising as you would think, because most people know that they need to work on themselves first. They just don't admit Mm. it consciously. Mm. So if you talk to most people, they understand, yes, you know what? I'm not holding myself accountable or I'm not executing or I don't have the level of confidence that I need. They're aware of these things to a certain degree. They just don't know how to change them. They just don't know how to Mm -hmm. overcome it. Um, They believe Mm -hmm. that they can just work through it. Just you can say grind through it. So they don't have the tactical pieces to really get through. You can say how to do it. Mm. And is there like a particular sector that you're working with, a particular industry, or is it sort of across the board? It's all across the board. So I, I have a consulting arm of my business, and I also have a coaching. So consulting, I, I work with large organizations and executive teams, for example. And then on the coaching side, I work with entrepreneurs, um, ranging, it, de- it depends, anywhere from six figures to eight figures plus. Um, my biggest thing is I work with individuals that are just motivated to want to change, want to grow their business and are willing to put in the effort because I have people come to me and say, well, I need an accountability coach. Well, that's not me. Sorry. I can't do that for you because I'm not looking, I'm not sitting here looking to babysit you. I'll give you the strategies so you can hold yourself accountable. That's, that's something I can do for you, but I'm looking to work with people that are really motivated that just don't have the skills that just don't have the tactical experience um, or the knowledge to really shift themselves and shift their business. And the people that are getting a little bit of success, but they want to have ex- exponential success. They really want to grow things faster. And so as your client base has changed, so as you've been working with people who you know, have been sort of more and more successful and earning higher sums, have you seen certain common things that were maybe more applicable to people earning five-figure sums and then a whole different set of things to people earning, say, seven, eight figures? You know what the reality is? Business-wise, yes. So from a business standpoint, there are big differences between the challenges that a smaller business faces compared to a larger business, for example. Personally, Mm. there's very little difference. So a person that's earning five figures, for example, compared to a person that's earning eight figures, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, have very similar beliefs, for example, challenging beliefs, um, challenging or self-limiting beliefs, um, whether it's a lack of confidence, lack of clarity, they have that. It might not, it might be a di- to a different degree, 
But yes, they feel the exact same way. I can share an example. I have a, I have a client that I'm working with in his 70s, extremely successful, making eight figures plus, for example, but he doesn't have the fulfillment that he wants in life. And he spent 70 plus years building a gigantic business, being very successful. But he's, you can say, you know, there's people in his life that don't believe he's the best guy out there. And so right now he's trying to change that. He doesn't have the relationship that he wants with his children or his grandchildren. So yes, everybody at all levels of income or business success face similar challenges. We just don't see it. But internally, yes, it's, it's really amazing because uh, I'll share another example or story is yesterday. Part of my, I, I held a marketing workshop is very specific about marketing and business growth. But one of the key components that I put in there was what are the beliefs that you have about your business and about yourself? And it was really interesting because, as I mentioned, one of the young girls, uh, ladies started to cry and then another one started to cry. And then people, even the men started opening up about their self-limiting beliefs. And so it was really interesting to, to see out of the group, there was only one person and I could tell just by the way he presents himself that, you know, he, he, a lot of it is put on, but everybody else was struggling in terms of the challenges that they had, not whether it was just in business, but personal as well. Mm-hmm. So we had one individual, for example, talk about how, uh, talking about his divorce, how it happened 10 years ago. And how he's still trying to get over it, not from that standpoint, but he's always trying to figure out, you know, because his, his belief was that, you know what, you make it work, successful people make it work. And I couldn't make this relationship work. And so that's reflecting on his business now. How is he, is he having struggling sort of dealing with that? Yeah, well, it's interesting. We had that workshop yesterday. He's not a client that, that I'm working with one to one, but he came up after and said, Hey, look, I'd like to work with you. And so I'll be working with him specifically in terms of helping him get over that, which is really interesting. So here's a gentleman that came in to learn about marketing and how to grow his business and how to grow his his sales, who has realized that he's got some internal challenges that are stopping him from doing that. Not only that, you can tell that it's it's impacting his quality of life as well, his fulfillment levels, Mm. his happiness levels. Mm. Before we started recording, you you mentioned the story about a veteran that you were yeah, this veterinarian, actually, there's a couple of components to to this uh, individual because it was very interesting. He was successful. He was making seven plus figures, wanted to double his business. And uh, when we were putting the business plan in place, it was interesting. Um, so the, share, uh, the story that I shared with you was really about the client experience that they had for for their, their clients. Obviously, as a veterinarian, he's dealing with animals and some of these animals are large or they're tough to handle. So we put an experience in place, you could say a client journey in place to say, okay, how do we get people talking about this clinic more? So they start referring more people to him because that's one of the things that he was lacking was really his marketing and getting more new clients into the business. So we said, well, why don't we just create such an experience for his clients that they start talking, they start raving, they start referring business. And so one of the things that we implemented was you know, what are the challenges? First, we looked at some of the challenges that the clients were having. And one of the challenges was really getting their pets in and out of the vehicles. And I can, I can feel that pain myself because I have a large dog. She's 150 plus pounds. And so sometimes when I want to get her in, she's a little bit stubborn. And, you know, sometimes I even have to pick her up because I have a bigger truck. It's tough. So we put up, you could say, a journey in place that when certain clients came in and they had tough 
animals to deal with that his staff would actually go out there and help bring the animal in. And when they were done the treatment or the examination, they would actually take the animal back out. So that in itself created such an experience for the clients that they were like, wow, you know, this is a place that we want to go to because they just go out of their way. They go above and beyond in terms of the expectations because 90%, I would say it's way beyond 90%, 99% of ver- veterinary clinics do not do that. Very seldom do they do that. So just a little thing like that just added so much value to their clients. And I guess word is really spread and so that's bringing in a lot more business. Yes, absolutely. And so that's one of the things from a business standpoint we need to realize that we're in business. Business is fundamentally two things if we're going to talk about what business really is. Business, the first of all, is creating a customer. So that's the fundamental principle of business is you must create a customer because there's no point in having a product or service if you have no customers. The second point is to really turn that customer into a raving super fan. And what ends up happening is included in that is the experience that you create, the client journey that you create. But that super fan, that client then is above an average client. They go out, they rave about you, they refer, they're loyal long-term, they buy more. And if you end up raising your prices, for example, they're happy to pay those prices. That's what ends up happening. So business fundamentally, as business owners and entrepreneurs, we need to take a look at all the activities in our business and say, okay, and have that filter. Is it getting me new clients? Is it creating a customer? And is it turning that customer into a raving super fan? That's what are the core fundamental principles of business and all our activities should be aimed towards. And so when you first got into business, how has your, how would you say your mindset has changed? So what you know now, um, did you, did you learn most of that in this sort of corporate arena or where, where was your biggest learning? Wow. It's really interesting. So I actually started uh, studying business when I was about 15 years old. I was asked to lead, I was managing about 50 people on an orchard, for example. And so it was, um, at that time it was, um, uh, uh, so my family has an orchard, you can say, and that's kind of how I always grew up. And then, uh, our close friends, for example, were running a, a cherry packing or cherry exporting business. And they asked me to take care of their, their, you can say their, manage their team, their active team out there. Mm-hmm. And I was managing 50 people at the age of 15 or 16, I believe it was. So I got into business really early in terms of management principles, how to get people to work well, be productive. And that's really where, what, actually spurred this on for me because I would see my parents in terms of how they ran business and I would see other people in a very similar industry doing the exact same thing but not getting the results. So I really put, I really took it to heart to say, why, why are two people that are selling the exact same thing getting different business results? That's really what I started mm-hmm. studying people because it all came back mm-hmm. to leadership and management. And so from there, I just went through the academic path, for example, because my parents said to me, and it's a typical thing for immigrant parents that have gone to Canada, for example, they said, we don't want you to work as hard as we had to because it was physical work, uh, growing fruit and picking fruit and doing all that work was very physical. We want you to get a good job, either, you know, it was either become an engineer or a doctor or something in that, in that field. And so I went down the academic path and I studied business. So since I was in high school, for example, I've been studying business, but also neuroscience and psychology, because that's when I started studying mindset way back when, before people were even talking about mindset really, or neuroscience, because I saw tremendous results. I was able to do things that most people are, um, you can say, uh, 
teenagers at that age were not able to do, for example. I had a photographic memory. I was getting straight A's, for example. I was able to answer questions and memorize a complete textbook, a 400-page textbook. And, and I went back and I would be like, well, how am I able to do this when other people are not? And it's because I just had this knack for learning about how the brain worked. And I was just implementing mm -hmm. those things. And so that's mm -hmm. what I continue to do throughout my academic, you can say, career. And then I, I landed in the corporate world for about 14 years. And my goal was to be a CEO of a major corporation. That was my goal. Mm -hmm. And so I had a very specific path. I was in the HR department division, for example. I led the sales and marketing division, the operations division, the customer experience division, the innovation division, the project management division, because I wanted to have every aspect of business under my belt. Because I wanted mm -hmm. to know the fundamental principles of business, the key components, the key mm -hmm. pillars, so I could be the best CEO out there. So you could say that I'm, I'm a go-getter. I, I really, uh, that's always been a part of my life, for example. And so mm -hmm. that was the path that I went down. It just so happens that I was tired of it. I was tired of the corporate world. I was tired of the misalignment and values, you can say. And I just wanted to help more people rather than just help one corporation make a ton of money. And in conversations with friends and friends of friends that had businesses, I soon realized that, wow, people don't know how to run businesses. People don't know how to grow businesses. Most business owners, and this isn't a, this isn't a negative thing, but it's a thing that most people need to get over as a business owner, that if you realize that your skills as a business owner will determine the success of your business, then you'll work on yourself more. And I realized that business owners don't have the skills to really scale their business. And for me, that was an easy one because I've, I've been studying it for decades. I went through the corporate path, for example. Um, our annual sales target when I left at that time was over a billion dollars. So, you know, in terms of getting organizations results, I knew how to do it. And so... It was very easy for me to go in there and help people. So that's kind of a long-winded answer to your to your question. But along the path, Tony, I've, I have learned so much about business. Um, even when I left the corporate world, I just share an example: is I I was a marketing. I led the marketing and sales division. That was the last division that I led before I left, and I was a marketing mm -hmm. expert. But when I came out of that and created my coaching and consulting business. It was a whole new world because mm -hmm. I had to start from scratch. And all of a sudden, the corporate marketing tactics weren't working. And mm -hmm. I had to really dig in and say, wow, this is completely different. It was almost like a jungle. The digital marketing world, for example, was completely different. So I had to mm -hmm. dig my and I had to just learn everything I could about digital marketing. And had to become an expert to the point now where I know more about digital marketing than most expert digital marketers because I had to learn it inside and out. And so that is something that I thought I knew about in the corporate world that I had no clue about until I got out. Mm -hmm. So business is a constant learning game, especially these days. I never think that I know it all because mm -hmm. I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly learning from other business owners what helps them because there may be something that one business owner is doing that I have no clue about that can help another business owner. So it's it's always uncovering those little nuggets of, of or secrets of success, you can say, and applying it to different aspects of business.
What would you say was the biggest challenge when you moved from corporate to, to coaching? Oh, biggest challenge by far was, was myself, was the identity that I had because I left the corporate world as a hotshot. I was traveling the world. I, had, I was making tons of money. I had the status. I had, you could say, corporate tickets to events. I had an expense account. That was basically who I was. And so when I left, mm-hmm. I, I had all these goals and aspirations and dreams to really help people. And I would look at people mm-hmm. like Tony Robbins. I would look at people like Gary Vee and I would say, holy crow, like these guys have a massive following. Who am I? Mm-hmm. How am mm-hmm. I going to be able to impact people? And I have no brand presence, for example, at that time. And so the stories that I was telling myself were based on the identity that I had basically lost because in the corporate world, I had been groomed a certain way. For 14 years and as an executive, you are basically taught to be a certain way, to be professional, for example, write a certain way. So my emails were written very professionally, for example. I had to reteach myself how to write because I had to be a lot more casual, uh, casual, a lot more personable with my communication and my consulting and coaching business because it wasn't the corporate environment. I had to connect with people on a personal level. So it was really interesting. I had to rebuild myself, you can say. I had to rebuild my identity. I had to rebuild my, my own self-limiting beliefs. I had to rebuild my values, for example. And so I had to work on myself, most importantly. And that's when I realized a number of things. And I had to really, I, nothing changed. And this is, this is a reality for most people. The power of changing your stories and changing your beliefs is phenomenal. Because factually, things are stay the same, but the stories that you tell yourself either limit you or they empower you. And so I was the exact same person with the exact same skills, Tony. But I changed my stories and my beliefs and my business took a totally different trajectory. It went from stagnant to taking off. Just because I told myself different stories, different had different beliefs, different values, and I made better decisions that aligned with where I needed to be. And that's when we realize as people that if we, if we can do that, then we can create the life that we're looking to create and create the business that we want. So do you often help people who are making that move from corporate to to their own business? I do. I don't do it very often, but there is the odd occasion that, yes, someone says, hey, look, I'm looking to do this. And they have an idea. They have experience. I don't help people Mm. that uh, come to me because this happens quite a bit. They will say, hey, look, I'm looking to start a business. Can you help me out? Well, they have to have some kind of foundation because I can't help them from that standpoint because it's not going to be conducive to them from a cost perspective to pay me to take them through those things because they have to, obviously, the work that I do, I work with different entrepreneurs. I have different programs, but the one-to-one coaching from that standpoint is fairly significant. And so a person needs to either have that much money saved up or they need to be ready to go and start making money almost immediately to be able to work, work with me, per se, if, if you could say on a one-on-one basis. Hmm. I believe I'm going back to the, to the whole you know, theme of the show, the exceeding expectations. You were telling me about a recent um, experience where your own expectations were exceeded. Yeah, it was a pleasant surprise. So a gentleman that had taken our family photos, for example, did an amazing job on the family photos. But this is something that to... Uh, my wife and I, a surprise, he offered to come by the house and actually take a look at our walls and take a look at our home to, to tell us what kind of frame would best suit the walls, what size, which was really interesting because I never even thought about that. 
when we were picking mm-hmm. up the pictures. I've never even thought about, yeah, you're right. Like a certain size photo would fit better on a better, a different type of a wall, which was really interesting. Mm-hmm. So that kind of blew me away because that was a, that was a, that was a cool little thing that he did that really exceeded our expectations. Mm. And what, what are your general thoughts on the whole sort of subject of exceeding expectations? Oh, wow. Well, if now you just opened up Pandora's box. Because uh, this is, I, I wrote the book Superfans for a reason. And that was the first book that I wrote when I left the corporate world. And I left and I wrote that because I wanted to show the average business owner the power of exceeding expectations, the power of creating an experience for your clients that other businesses are not willing to do or they just don't know how to do. Because mm. when you create a loyal superfan, for example, they do a number of things. They buy more, they pay more, they refer, they rave. But here's the biggest thing is in business, one of the, you could say the most fundamental principles outside of creating a customer and turning them into a super fan is really client retention. We need to retain our clients because those clients are worth money to us. They're worth basically the, our business because if we keep bringing clients in and they keep leaving on the back end, our business is literally being drained. And so we need to create a better, expect, uh, you could say, experience and exceed their expectations. Because here's the reality of things. So to answer your, your, your question, it is absolutely a must for businesses these days. And we're not just competing. So whatever business you are in out there, as you're listening to this, you are still competing with, for example, the Amazons. And that is probably one business that has changed the landscape for every single business out there. So you may not be competing with them directly, but you are competing with the experience that they've created. Their very short delivery time, for example, buying within a couple of clicks, for example, you can find an item very easily. That's what you're dealing with. You have to create an experience because you are competing with other businesses in completely different industries. So people have an expectation now. So what has that done to society? especially in North America um, and uh, to a degree in Europe as well. But it's a very much a give it to me now society. And I want the best mm-hmm. experience. And that's uh, two decades ago, people were still very price conscious, Tony, in terms of how they made purchasing decisions. Not to say that they aren't price conscious now, but they are less price conscious these days. People are looking more for an experience than anything else. Mm-hmm. So they will pay more. They will pay a fraction more for a for the exact same product if there is a better experience in terms of doing business with that particular vendor so we need to be cognizant of that so people are aware consumers are aware things have shifted a little bit it's not just about price it's really about exceeding expectations and creating that experience so if people want to find out more about your book, Superfans, and, and all the other things that you're doing, where, where would be the best place for them to look? Well, the, the Superfans book is fairly simple. That is superfansbook.com. You can go to uh, purdysanga.com as well. And uh, we also have a podcast. It's called the Male Entrepreneur Podcast. So we talk about a number of things on there. But those are the three main areas. You can go to my website, superfansbook.com, or check out the, uh, the Male Entrepreneur Podcast. And do you do you have a quotation that you particularly like, Billy? Yeah, you know what, my um, and, and this is just a personal quotation in terms of how I like to live my life is really make this world a better place. 
I think that's if if all of us as human beings, as people, just did one thing for someone else, it becomes a ripple effect, and this world becomes a better place. So that's how I live my life day in and day day out. That's how I teach my my two young children to live as well. So hopefully that、um, that will resonate with some of you out there as well. Yeah, love it. It's excellent. Well, Philippe, it's been I've loved speaking. It's been a real、um, some interesting things that you've、uh, talked about, and I'm sure listeners will get a lot from it. Yeah, thank you, Tony. I appreciate you having me on your show. Next week, episode seventy-two with Adam Sinkus. He creates and implements digital marketing strategies and coaches and empowers companies and their teams to build marketing systems that accelerate success. So that's next week with Adam Sinkus. Please do share this episode if you know someone who may maybe they're struggling with their prices or and and or their health and they really need some help in those areas. It probably would be a really good episode for them to listen to. I'd love it if you could leave a review for us and、uh, maybe subscribe to the show as well. And hope you have a fantastic week.